what is good? Welcome to Spirit Bill Real Talk with Juliana. I am your host, Juliana Page, and I am so excited that you are here. I am an author, a speaker, and a professional life coach, but really, I am here to give you practical wisdom that you can integrate into every area of your life so that you can thrive and not just survive. So if you are ready to live a spirit-led life and level up your inner game so that you can win in your outer game. Let's dive right in. What is good, everybody? Welcome back to a new episode of Spirit-Filled Real Talk. We are going in today. (laughs) I'm sure you can tell by the topic, when to walk away, we are going deep. And that is what we do here over at Spirit Filled Real Talk, right? We actually activate our bold and courageous nature. We don't run from things. We don't shy away from things. We face our giants with boldness, with courage, with humility, and we actually walk out what we're promised. So we're going to talk about that today with a topic like this, when to walk away, this doesn't necessarily apply to just toxic people, toxic behaviors, toxic relationships, although it most certainly does apply to that. But it's also relationships, jobs, situations, places maybe that you are involved in, sometimes entangled in. So it's not limited to any one area. So I trust that you will recognize and you'll feel that resonance in your spirit to know what this is speaking to for you. But when to walk away, I think it's really important at first to highlight some context to really help this get planted and help you just have a stronger base understanding. So first and foremost, if we are to love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, then it makes sense that the enemy, the father of lies, and destruction would do whatever he can to ensure that we face struggles in our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Do you feel that, right? Like if genuinely we're here to love God with all that we are, right? That is effort in and of itself, right? It makes sense that the father of lies is going to skew our view of God, skew our view of of ourselves, skew our view of other people, and just cause and seed destruction in the form of lies, in the form of anger, in the form of bitterness and resentment and unforgiveness, right? So that he can ensure that he keeps us stuck in struggles in our heart and in our soul, which is our mind, will, and emotions, and with our strength, right? When we're weak, it makes it really hard to have healthy relationships and pour love into other people and and really pour encouragement and confidence into other people. It makes it really hard to show up with excellence and show up in the energy of joy and praise and just have this lightness of being about us, right? When we are weighed down by things that were never designed for us, particularly long-term, that's getting us off the mission that we're actually on this planet for, okay? So that's a big deal. So I think that that warrants some just, again, base understanding before we dive a little bit deeper into this. The other thing is, which is really interesting to me, is that we are told to guard our hearts, right? This is something that God gives us the ability or capacity to do. He says in Proverbs 4.23, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. 
What does that mean? That doesn't mean walk around being uber guarded and in fear. It does not mean that at all, but it does mean be diligent, stay woke is what you hear quite a bit, right? But be aware, be be on the lookout. Don't be naive to the fact that you can just be comfortable. A lot of times, strangely enough, when we get hit the most, it's after a major breakthrough, when we've kind of chilled out or relaxed a little bit. We've laxed our style a bit. Like after we hit a big milestone or after we achieved a certain thing, when we start cooling our jets, when we start pulling back on our quiet time with God, when we start getting lazy about our fellowship, when we start maybe not going to church and being in community and start isolating ourselves, it's subtle. But when we start doing that stuff, that's sometimes when we give place to the enemy and we're not even paying attention, okay? Because a lot of times I have found this to be true We picture, like because of movies and different things, we picture the enemy walking around as some recognizable figure. Often he's portrayed, you know, as this villain looking dude with a pitchfork, right? However, he is subtle, and that's that's how his tactics actually work. They're operating under the radar. It's in stealth mode, right? Oh, I'm just going to plant this little seed here, or I'm just going to tempt this person to go do this thing, or I'm just going to bring up this past... Uh, pain, right? And see what they do with it. I'm just going to expose them to this drug, right? Whatever. It's subtle. It's subtle and it seems harmless, but it can turn into madness real quick. Okay. So for what it's worth, there's some context for you. But I think something that's interesting that I never gave credit to or airtime to, or I never spent time studying, was that in the Bible, it actually says that there are 41 citations of Jesus walking away from people. Like, what? And again, a couple of these are cited from different chapters, so there could be a couple of citations pulling from the same verse, but 41 citations of Jesus walking away from people. Now again, not all toxic people or behaviors or situations, but Jesus walking away. Like one that I can pull right off the cuff here is the rich young ruler, okay? So in that example, the rich young ruler is enamored by Jesus and his ministry and how he's showing up in the world. And he wants to know what he can do to be a part of it. And essentially, Jesus says, go sell all of your things, <laughs> right? And then you can come join us. And the rich young ruler sulks, sort of, <laughs> in his own way and walks away because the word says he was very rich and he knew that he could not give up his things. And then Jesus goes on to tell his disciples, right, those that actually did have an inner circle relationship with him about why being obsessed with money or having a money as an idol prevents you from entering the kingdom. Okay, so that's an example where he let this guy walk away. And he walked away from him, right? He's like, I I showed you, you asked me, I told you and you walked away, right? So I'm walking away. I'm not going to chase you. I'm not going to beg you. I'm not going to make sure that you get it. I'm going to let you go, right? So simple, again, not toxic. It just is what it is. And he was so, what, what that highlighted to me was that he was so focused on mission, mission, that he was unwilling to compromise or get distracted. He knew who he could actually serve, who could receive what he had to say. And he walked in love, but he didn't walk in 
a, a desperation, okay? So I think something that's helpful to remember is, okay, if we wanna walk mission focus then, and have a stronger radar to sense, whoop, is it time to walk away? You know, like, what is this? Have a a more, have a clear system inside of us that's literally something that we start paying attention to. I think it's important to recognize the Great Commission, okay? If you're not sure where that lives exactly, I'll bring it to you. It's in Matthew, Matthew 28, 16 through 20. And it says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So we are to go and to make disciples. A way that I view that is to mentor, right? To to release kingdom to people, righteousness, peace, joy, right? To to pour life and love into them, right? And we're not able to do that when we are caught up in something, when we are tied down to something, when we are entangled in things. We're meant to walk like in humility and lightness of being. And we can't do that if we get entangled or caught up in the wrong things. And when we when we glorify being busy or stressed or overwhelmed or just, it's been a week, right? When we start actually speaking these things, we're speaking that over our life. We're basically inviting more of that into our life. And there's nothing that's glorifying God and you being busy, right? <laughs> really though, right? You can be busy about your purpose, but... You don't want to be unavailable to God as you're busy about purpose because whose purpose then are you really busy about is what I would say. Okay, so tied to that as well is John 15, 8, which says, This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples, right? We shall know them by their fruit, right? Like we know who is following after Jesus, right? Who is following the example of Jesus, the heart of Jesus, the character of Jesus, the integrity of Jesus, the excellence of Jesus by their fruit, okay? And a lot of times when we are in places that God did not ordain for us, whether that's a job, whether that is Sometimes it can be a church, whether we are in a community, whether we are in sometimes our family of origin, when we are in places or spaces that are unhealthy for us, right? Like we we know that they are unhealthy. We can tell by not having peace. We can tell by not being able to think clearly. We can tell by a lot of different triggers, right? What is going on? If there is constant conflict and chaos, that is not that's not God, right? So when we are in places like that, particularly long term, it starts to dull us down, right? We start thinking thoughts that are not of God. Usually they're highly negative. We start speaking cursing over our life. We start storing up bitterness and resentment in our hearts. We start becoming passive, right? Just allowing things to happen, not even speaking up anymore, right? And then that turns into suppressed anger and frustration, which eventually will come out, right? And if it doesn't come out immediately, we start perpetuating that pain in different connections that we have. So that is not healthy. And then how could you then go and make a disciple, right? Think about that. Your walk and your influence is so important. Your energy, your mindset, 
right? What you're setting your mind on, your speech, your personality, your heart position, right? Your inner life, what you carry is so important. That's why we are to guard our hearts. We're not supposed to be oblivious to that. We're supposed to be very aware of what we are being influenced by, what we are under the influence of, and what we are storing up in our soul, okay? So think about that for you. It could be a place. It could be a relationship. And I I do like to distinguish the difference between toxic people, quote unquote, and toxic behavior, because sometimes we just throw everybody into a category of they're toxic and then we just pretend, not pretend, maybe pretend is harsh, but we, we allow ourselves to be victimized and we don't actually accept our role in a relationship, right? So I want to distinguish there's a difference between toxic people, toxic behavior, okay, and also being toxic and exhibiting toxic behaviors yourself. So it's really important when we're viewing relationships to recognize, ooh, I have a trait where I don't set boundaries, or ooh, I have a trait where I store up my anger and I don't speak up. I don't actually have healthy communication. I shy away from confrontation. Or ooh, maybe I just shut down completely and I allow issues to stew and I keep bringing them up, right? Maybe I use language like always and never. Maybe I do exhibit some controlling or manipulative qualities. Whatever it is, we could have toxic behaviors and not be a toxic person. And that can be true of whoever you you picture in your mind. They could have toxic behaviors and not be a toxic person. But it is important to start understanding and recognizing trends and patterns. Usually those don't lie, right? Like what is somebody, even you, consistent with? What does this person continually show up with? What is the atmosphere that they bring or that you experience when you're with them, right? When you start to recognize that and have more clarity on that, it makes it easier to not get caught up in fantasy thinking or overthinking things or getting too heavily involved in emotion. When you can just see and accept it for what it is, that's really actually very helpful in terms of is this healthy for me or not, okay? Now, I will say that... What's most helpful, because there is a lot of gray areas, so that's why wisdom is so important, particularly when walking away from people or even a simple example, I was really feeling led to move from one church to another. Like I really felt my mission, if you will, was up in one space and I was being called to another. Now that was a two and a half year journey of feeling that way. And so I gradually just finished my commitments and kept showing up, but didn't take on more leadership responsibility. And then when the time is right, those doors started to open and I knew exactly where God was leading. So my knowing wasn't off. My timing (laughs) was off, right? But I stayed faithful and that's what allowed that to work. So I didn't sever any relationships, right? Now it still wasn't completely well received because somebody leaving is is disappointing, right? When you grow a relationship. But when your mission is the most important thing, you've got to be willing to walk away, even if it's not necessarily good, bad, right, or wrong. You've got to be able to choose mission with me. So that's just an example. But when you are, what what really helps you to be able to make decisions is living mission-minded, okay? And so I personally believe and know from experience that a lifestyle with Jesus is what will ultimately protect you. It's your training that will protect you. So keeping your full armor of God on every day 
and walking in that and choosing to walk righteously and choosing to be humble and admit your faults and and talk through that and, and even getting outside parties involved. It's really dangerous when we try to navigate or figure out things in our own strength. So getting a therapist involved and understanding maybe family of origin dynamics that could show up in your life now that have been unaddressed or that you didn't really know were operating or it could be a variety of things right but actually just taking ownership radical ownership of your side and your journey okay and then allowing how other people show up to be their work Now, where it gets twisted is when you're not healthy. When you're not healthy, that's often when you allow people to to really demand more of you because you're not holding a boundary or you lower your boundary. It could be when you are starting to prioritize other people and some of their responsibilities as your own and you start to pull away from what you're called to be focused on in the season, right? Sometimes, particularly in intimate relationships, there isn't really clarity on the status of the relationship. And I I tend to get nervous when there's a lot of investment before marriage, where it almost looks like a marriage in the dating phase. Because it's almost saying like, we know this isn't going towards marriage, but we're going to try to make it work. Because that's going to have a bad outcome a majority of the time, okay? So just notice, this is a huge thing, is to notice tendencies. But when you're walking with God and living a lifestyle with God, right, you are able to be alert, to to be aware, to walk in wisdom. You've got to keep God involved and you've got to get good accountability and partnership around you because a lot of times these folks can hold up blind spots, right? They can give you context. They can help you understand or put a language to something that you're experiencing that maybe you don't have a language to. Maybe you felt something that's really uncomfortable, but you don't quite know what that is. And then when you're able to have a language for it or dissect it, you're able to understand what it is. And if you see it show up, you can respond versus react to it. And you can start seeing what that is and replace that habit or that tendency or that pattern with something new. Okay, so think about it, even with the mind of Christ, right? When we walk in the full armor of God, we recognize, yes, the enemy is going to send these fiery darts. He's going to try to get us to think some way about people, think some way about our job, think some way about ourselves, right? And if we take the bait, right, we're going to start believing a lie, and then we're going to start speaking lies. We're probably going to start feeling low and negative, We're going to start operating from that identity if we're not careful. When things like that go unchecked, again, subtly, they start to really weigh on us and affect how we show up in the world. So just like we're taught through kingdom language, we are taught and trained to take every thought captive that's exalting itself above the truth. Is it true? Did God say this? What does God say? Right? So when you start to do that, then that's your training. You're actually training your mind what it's going to think. You're training your tongue what it's going to speak, right? The same mouth that speaks blessing can speak cursing. So you start to train your mouth what it's going to speak. You start to recognize if you're doing daily fellowship with God and talking about what's on your heart, if you're actually repenting from things and turning from things that aren't serving you, he will have this pure heart in you. He will create this pure heart in you. Create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit in me. That's a prayer, right? So he will work with you to do that. He will reveal areas maybe that are broken, right? He will reveal areas maybe where there's unforgiveness. He will bring things up gently (laughs) 
so that you can process with him. Processing with God is always different than processing with yourself. So, so, so important. But that lifestyle with Jesus is what's literally going to protect you. It's that training that will strengthen you when things are difficult to understand when there's gray area, right? God is not the author of confusion. So when you're experiencing that, your walk with God is what's going to help you, okay? And and really walking in your armor also. That that's not an option. That's not something that we should just forget about. That's something that we need to be wearing every day and checking every day, right? If we don't have shoes of peace, how many peaceful relationships do we think we have, right? If we don't have the belt of truth on, we're probably going to lose all of our armor. <laughs> If we don't have the sword of the word, right? The word of the spirit. If we're not like literally wielding that sword, those fiery darts might be getting into us. If we don't have that shield of faith, right? We might start letting fear creep into our soul. If we don't have on the helmet of salvation, we can forget our identity real quick and start acting crazy, right? So if we don't have the breastplate of righteousness, that affects how we show up. That affects how we walk. That affects how we talk. That affects how we view other people, right? So when we're not walking in that every day, that's not our norm. We're walking in something else, okay? So it's really important to pay attention to that. Now, in terms of when it's time to walk away, the best thing to do, again, is to stay in relationship with God and pray for clarity on that. Then it's also to involve other people, outside folks that can help you. So whether that's a therapist, it could be a pastor, it could be somebody outside of you that you trust. And then also having somebody else that's able to pray for you in that way as well. And then being real and honest, looking at patterns and looking, does this support my mission? So ask mission-related questions, right? Is this person supportive of the mission? Are we equally yoked if you're doing like a relationship, right? Is this person good for my spirit? What happens to me when I'm around this person? What is triggered in me when I'm around this person, right? What comes out of me? Because sometimes it's a mirror, so that can be a learning moment as well, right? But what is this relationship bringing out in my life, okay? Same thing with a job or a... um maybe a place of service, something like that. What is happening here? What is my mission here, right? Am I supported here? Am I seen here? Am I valued here, right? Am I able to walk fully in my gifts here, right? Do I feel God's spirit here? There's things that you can be asking. Do I lose my peace here, (laughs) right? Do I feel like I'm constantly defending and protecting myself here? Do I feel emotionally safe here, Asking questions usually reveals a lot of truth. So just giving yourself space, even if you have to just journal it out, giving yourself some unapologetic space just to tell the truth is very, very powerful. So a lot of times I'll do this with God. (laughs) I'll just have a blank journal page and I'm like, God, right? And just like dump it all out because God can handle that. Okay, God can handle any worry, any fear, any weakness, any inadequacy that you're experiencing, any concern, and he does not look at you any different. So he's the safest place to bring that to. And then sometimes as you write it, you start to recognize, ooh, I didn't know that I thought that, or I didn't know that I was feeling that, or I didn't recognize that I wasn't feeling safe, or ooh, what does that mean, or where did that come from? When you get it out, you can actually see it. So that would be the last thing that I would say, is get it out and really look at that, and then... 
As far as decision making, let your yes be yes and your no be no. So I, to that end, I would say make sure it's a clear decision. It's not something that you want to be going back and forth on, okay? Like, I'm going to leave this relationship, but we'll see where I'm at in six months. It just leaves this weird expectation. Like, when you've done all the work to be sure where you're at, right, and you know God's will and you know your mission, you've got to be willing to let it go and just walk away from it. And sometimes we just walk away without explanation. We can do it in honor, but we don't always need to provide explanations and explain ourselves. We have a habit of doing that. But it's really important when you do this kind of work to not be passive, right? We have a tendency, if codependency is present, if people-pleasing is present, if trauma is present, right? If there's a lot of that stuff operating beneath the surface, there's this passive way of showing up. Well, it's going to get better, or God is going to show me the way, or they're actually, they don't always show up like this. Sometimes it's good, right? Like we excuse a lot of things and we become passive in the process, okay? And when we become passive, how you do one thing is how you do everything. So that carries into these other areas of your life. So pretty soon you're frustrated that you're you're not advancing, that you just feel stuck, right? And now you're around a lot of people that that operate that exact same way, right? They say misery loves company, right? So folks that actually don't want to do some of the work to grow and to heal and all of that, you'll probably find some of those folks around you if you're choosing to stay there, okay? So it's really important when you're considering when to walk away to check your inner life. Your inner life will not lie to you, okay? And recognize that God leads in ways of pleasantness and peace, right? Are you living in a constant state of anxiety? Do you feel like you're always under attack? Are you always in chaos and confusion? Are there things that you've done to give place to the enemy? Have you renounced all of that demonic activity in your life? Are you just putting up with it? right? Are you letting the enemy beat you up? Are you taking thoughts captive? Are you walking in the full armor of God? What are you allowing yourself to be influenced by? How are you living your days, right? It's really important to consider your side of the fence always first, okay, before you go examining other people, situations, circumstances, all of that stuff. Just that should be a gold mine of its own, but make sure that you bring God into it. It's always a blessing to bring outside help as well, right? God will guide and establish your steps. It's just you've got to invite him in, okay? So remember that what will protect you is your training, is walking closely with God. So if you're not doing that, committing to separating yourself and consecrating yourself and creating that space and repenting or turning from the things that you know to do, even if you just start doing that alone, that'll bring a lot of clarity. When you're walking away from somebody, this doesn't have to be somebody something situation. It doesn't have to be like an instant um, ultimatum, like the block culture or the cancel culture. It doesn't have to be like that. (laughs) And in fact, there's a lot of walking together that you can still do to practice the boundaries, to practice the things, right? It doesn't have to be this instant crazy thing, okay? So hopefully this gives you some content and some, some context, there we go, and perspective to evaluate sometimes this ambiguity of walking away from situations. But my biggest recommendation is live mission-minded. Know what your mission is. Know 
who supports that know where you're called to know what your season is know all of that stuff for yourself keyword no okay knowing is differently than hoping or trying to get there when you know who you are what your mission is where you are called to right now the characteristics and and the people uh, that actually serve your mission, right, that are supportive of your mission, that see your mission, right, the whole purpose of being equally yoked is so that you can build together, right? You can't build with somebody that's not equally yoked with you. Can two walk together unless they agree? No. So, right, being really aware of that, it's not judgmental, it's wisdom, okay? So be very aware of who you're surrounding with and what you're building, right? Because sometimes we sabotage our own purpose for the comfort and the fear of what we're in today versus the fear of the unknown. Yep, that's subtle and deep. (laughs) Another message for another day. But I hope this message blessed you and gave you something to noodle. But I recommend with this message too that you would perhaps star it, like it, leave a comment, something, screenshot it so you remember to come back to it and re-listen to the part where I walk you through the steps of how you can work through some of these things with a person, a job, a situation, whatever it is that you're facing. There is grace for it. God is more for you, right? It's nothing that God can't handle, all right? So the key is to get it into his hands and partner with him as he guides and establishes your steps. All right, guys, as far as connecting, I would love to connect with you all. You can find me over at julianapage.com. There are coaching services over there. There are books. There are, what else is over there? There's a blog. There's a course over there all about self-mastery and doing this inner work. Oh my gosh, it is my passion. I so know the need for it and I've really designed that to be simple and something that you can go through in the midst of everything that you're already walking through. So go ahead and check out all of that. And until next time, guys, stay blessed.